Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Single AF Sundays, the podcast designed to put a pin in those spirals you often get on a Sunday when you're single and searching. This episode marks a bit of a milestone for the podcast actually because we have our first international guest. I'll be speaking to a woman who's chatting to me all the way from Washington DC so we get a little bit of a glimpse into single life on the other side of the pond. And once again, I need to apologise to you guys for the sporadic release of these episodes. Life is pretty busy right now at work and so editing time is coming few and far between right now. I think what I'm going to do, rather than try and keep up on a weekly basis, I'm just going to put a pin in trying to get new episodes out for the whole of September so that I can catch up on all of the edits for anything I've got recorded already and then I can start releasing them back on track every Sunday in October. So thank you for everyone who has listened in so far and we have got lots more of great interviews coming your way. And as always, if you know anyone who might want to come on and share their experience, please get them to get in touch with me. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from them. Anyway, for the time being, sit back and relax and listen to a bit of American single life. So welcome to Single AF Sundays. I can't believe you're joining us from the States. Please give me your vital statistics. Sure. My name is Bree and yes, I live in the US. I'm 31. And um, I have been single for about two and a half years, um, although been in a few uh, shorter term relationships and situationships, as they say. So maybe a little less than that, but we can get into that later. Oh, okay. And I guess, first of all, how do you feel about being single right now? Um, honestly, I feel great. I have accomplished a lot over the last few years while being single. Um, My emotional and physical health, my social life is great. I have a great circle of friends and a community. So, you know, I'm in the mindset now that if someone wants to add to my happiness, then that's great. And otherwise, I'm kind of happy on my own. So we'll see. And do you think that the amount you've been able to add to your well-being in those aspects you found as a result of being single? Um, yes and no. I think it depends on who you're dating in those yeah. dynamics. Yeah. I was in a longer term relationship. I didn't work on myself as just an individual. I think I was thinking of a lot of my life choices, my professional choices in the context of yeah. the relationship. Um, having the freedom to not do that over the last few years has made me feel that I'm making the right decisions for myself and and I'm hoping to learn from that and the next time I am you know dating someone to to think and put myself first more so yeah I think that it's been a great time to to really do things on my own and that doesn't mean I want to be single forever but I think we all need that alone time to figure out what we want before we try to bring someone else into the picture um, and look, there's no, there's no like one way of doing yeah. things. I know people are perfectly happy that have been either like serial monogamous yeah. or have been <laughs> dating their significant others since they were a teenager. 
So I think there's no one way to do it, but this, you know, this worked for me. So I, I feel good about where I'm at. Oh, great. I, I love it. So you were saying that you'd had a bit of a situation which left your mind feeling you felt it was a bit ambiguous about how long you'd actually been single. Can you explain that a bit more? That sounds interesting. (laughs) Sure. So I dated someone or I considered myself dating someone starting in around June of 2020 until like January, February of 2021. Um, And, you know, it's peak COVID. So where I live, everything was shut down. There wasn't really like an option go on dates to bars or really like mingle with friends or like fully just date in a conventional way. So it quickly became just like going over to each other's house and making dinner and really just spending quality time with that one person and no one else for like health and safety reasons, but also just because there wasn't another option. And uh (laughs) Funny enough, we got to a point like six, seven months in where we were actually like watching a TV show and it was the Aziz Ansari uh, show where a girl he had been dating for a few months introduced him as a friend oh. when they ran into yeah. the street, like looked over to this guy and I was kind of like giggling and I was like, I was like, oh, I would be pissed. Like if you introduced me as a friend at this point, like I would be pissed. Um, it initiated this conversation of him sort of being like, oh, well, we're not in a relationship. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah, we're seeing each other multiple times a week. You're calling me on your way home from work every day. You like, you know, watch my dog when I have to go out of town. My dog has a bed and a box of toys at your house. What? and Thanksgiving together because we couldn't be with our families like what do you mean (laughs) um and so that's like when it ended at whatever that was um and situationships I feel like are really common right now I don't know if it's because of COVID and the pandemic like boxing people into monogamy or if it's just like I think like being in my early 30s I'm mostly dating men in their like early 30s to early 40s sort of that range and I feel like that's like the age with men in particular where they don't know what they want but they're like rudely and considerately willing to like kind of string you along because like maybe they want you um I can't get my head around that did you see that coming at all I saw it coming and this is where I'm gonna kind of make myself look bad um (laughs) a few dates in he did tell me like I'm not looking for a relationship I'm getting over an ex I don't really know what I'm looking for and I kind of accepted it but then you know it just slowly kind of turned into one regardless of like what you were looking for the way you treat someone gives them a certain impression and so I think I to, to my own discredit, like I didn't take that at face value. I continued to see this person regularly and I continued to try to take from their actions what yeah. they wanted. Um, I think that there was just a part of me that was like, okay, well, maybe that's how it started, but eventually, you know, it's been six months. Maybe that's not where it's at anymore. So that's, I, I mean, I think communication is really important. And I, I say this all the time with my like, fellow single friends is like 
don't make people read between the lines. Just, just be really it out. It. And like, once you start to feel something, just say it. Cause once you're starting to like make someone read you, it's not fun. Like dating puts you in a really vulnerable place. Like, and there's risk involved and there's sacrifices being made. So just like be really explicit because yeah. frankly, like rude to expect someone to read what you're thinking. So you know, to your question, did I see it coming? Yes. But I think the aftermath was the worst part for me because this guy then spent more than a month reaching out like every few days because I kind of left it as like, yeah, I don't want to be your friend. We're dating or we're not. Um, we're not going to be friends. I niche on Tinder. Like <laughs> we're not, we weren't friends before. We didn't really have mutual friends. Um, before we had met each other. And so I don't know. I just, after, after like a few months, frankly, of getting like random messages from this guy being like, I miss you. Or, oh, no. I miss no, no. <laughs> or like, I Stanton, which is my dog, and like, she's amazing. You should miss her. But like, you know, just like little, I would get like, oh, like I do have love for you. And like, oh, please. Honestly, it was up until even like a year later, which would have been earlier this year, the guy would just like randomly even like send me things on Instagram. And I eventually reached like a breaking point that I was like, what are you doing? I don't want to be your friend. I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm trying to like organize well, my thoughts here. <laughs> give this this guy too much credit um he seems sad and miserable still so good for him (laughs) i am so fucking impressed with how you were able to literally say no not let him breadcrumb you like how did it feel doing that and was it tempting to kind of go back if he was dropping these little nuggets of hope how did you deal with that I think first and foremost, regardless of what your type might be or what you're looking for in a partner, mutual is the goal. There's nothing sexy about the chase. I think like psychologically, (laughs) I think psychologically we get that like dopamine rush Mm -hmm. around and inconsistency, but like there's nothing romantic about you liking someone more than they like you. Yeah. Like. I'm always asking myself, like, do I want to pursue a relationship with somebody when I can't even tell how they feel about me? Like, no, there's nothing romantic about chasing someone down. Like, it should be pretty clear how you feel about one another. And while, yes, you should have like that sort of like define the relationship and expectations conversation, like explicitly. So you're on the same page. Like I learned that lesson. I think that like it's usually pretty clear if someone's into you and if someone is standing in front of you saying, you know, after seven, eight months of seeing you consistently and giving you all of these indications that I care about you, but I still don't want to date you, they're lost then, you know, bye. There's something just hugely disrespectful to me about someone's time regardless of where you're at, like emotional availability, maybe you're in a place in life where you're not looking for something, et cetera. I think it's incredibly rude to that other person. If you know that other person is not on the same page as you, it's hugely inconsiderate to like their time and lead them on. But yeah, it was like a, 
I mean, it was a very emotional decision for sure to just like cut it off and be like, okay, like I'm done. Bye. Yeah. Uh, And it was certainly challenging to not like reach out myself, but like own your decision, dude, and leave me alone. I'm just, I think the next place that my mind started going and I'm really, you kind of like nailed it. This is something I've been thinking about recently is, you know, the beginning of your story, you said that he'd explicitly said to you um, that he was not looking for a relationship, blah, blah, blah. And this reminded me of something like an episode I released the other week about being in the friend zone. And I think what I'm trying to get at is these days, I feel there is a real culture. It's almost like legal contract speak before you enter into, like... A situation with a person to caveat yourself it's like here are my terms and conditions I don't want a relationship xyz and it's almost like it gives you a green card to behave however you want yeah in a really relationshipy kind of way and maybe follow all of those social norms but then you know you could have done 90% relationship behavior and fall back on the 10% of oh but I said this like we're not yeah. in a relationship yeah since that situation, which it ended in like January, 2021, since that situation, I've tried to like take people for their word a little more. Yeah. Uh, And also I feel like if someone is making that like quick decision about me before we've had like a chance to get to know each other, then I just take that as like, okay, you're not available right now. Uh, Oh, that's a good way of looking at it. Like I'll give another example. I like, casually hooked up with a guy for a few times and it was like on vacation and at one point um like a few days after I came back I was like hey like would you want to keep seeing each other like I had a fun time and the response I got was like yeah I had a lot of fun too um I'm just going to be honest I'm not looking for anything serious right now but uh you know I'd be willing to keep hanging out so like you know you're like, yeah. oh, cool, I would mind continuing to sleep with you, but... Yeah. Uh, you can I'm take not... that for what it is. Yeah, so I had to, like, make the decision, like, okay, am I okay with doing something casual right now, or am I actually looking for something else? And the answer was the latter, and so I was just like, okay, like, bummer, best of luck, and, like, let that be that. Yeah. Like, I'm not... Uh, and, like, no hard feelings towards that person. They were honest, but I'm trying to be a lot better of taking someone for their word and not trying to like change them and change their mind. Like, I think we get into this mindset that's like, well, they're going to see that I'm so great that they're going to change that, like their mind on me or on where they're at in life right now. And it's just like, why bother? I have been guilty definitely in the past of maybe falling into that trap or thinking that it's about me or oh I'm not good enough for it or I'm not it's actually like no it's really where that person is at that time and I've kind of only realized that when it's almost been the situation's been flipped and I've been in their shoes and it's like actually this person could be the most wonderful person but my head is just not there so I'm not gonna see it and that's really not on them that's 100% on me Yeah, because I think that we have, like, innate um, need, like, as humans to, like, want to people-please. But 
think once you realize that it's okay to not be wanted by everybody, because I don't want everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think once you accept that, it makes it a little bit easier when someone is explicitly telling you that, like, okay, get it. Totally. Let's move on. (laughs) I find there is sometimes an unfortunate culture of people who are in relationships telling their single friends, oh, you're being too picky. Oh, you're, you know, you give this person a chance, that person a chance. What do you think you're like when you're out, like, you know, searching for your next relationship? Um, I don't think there's such thing as being too picky. Great. Uh, Tell me more. If you feel like you're lowering, lowering your standards for someone or like making sacrifices, that you're probably going to hold on to that resentment. Yeah. And I don't mean, when I say, like, there's no such thing as too picky, I don't mean about looks. Like, I don't, I I think that you should not try to force yourself to be attracted to someone um, or a certain type yeah. or a certain that you're not attracted to. And, like, I think that's fine. But I think when it comes to, like, personality traits, there's definitely no such thing as being too picky because I find that something that you might think is like a little ick or like a little thing tends to be like the big thing and the reason that something doesn't out. You don't have to have everything in common with the person that you're dating, but if you have some like really like irreconcilable differences, non-negotiables, be the reasons you all break up. And then when it comes to personality traits, those are going to be the things that are just like accentuated every time you're frustrated by someone. I dated someone for a little over three years. And when we first started dating, I was like, I really like this guy. I've got a lot of chemistry. I've got a lot in common. He treats me well, all the things, but he is a little bit insecure and he compensates for ins- insecurity with this like very defensive kind of like ego. Okay, uh, interesting. Particularly with other people, I think this guy was insecure about maybe his looks, maybe his intelligence. Yeah. Uh, and so like every time he was like around people, he was always talking about how smart he was and where he went to college because he went to a good college and how many girls he would always get to hook up with. And I'm like, no uh, one can yeah. talk like this. Um, and then it so turned amazing. like that same ego turned into him sort of like belittling me. And like, it's part of why I fell out of love with that person, yeah. for example. So like this little personality trait that I just kind of felt like, oh, well, it's just like a little chip on his shoulder was like a big thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really easy as a person who's like in a secure relationship to say to your single friends, like, oh, you're being too picky. But ultimately, if you're not in any sort of rush to find a partner, a partner should never be a solution to happiness. So like be picky, sift through. There's a lot of great people out there for sure, but they're not all for you. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. That's the thing. They're not all for you. And you're not for everyone either I think my biggest problem with this sort of picky comment is the fact is it sounds so negative and for mm-hmm. me it conjures up the idea of me me or that person seeing themselves at this higher level to whoever they're mm-hmm. assessing 
And I just think that's complete bollocks, if I'm honest. I agree with you. I think there are a few things for me that I know are non-negotiables, and that is to do with my personality type. So I could go out with people that look totally different, that, you know, on on paper, completely different people, but say, like, my non-negotiable is I have to feel comfortable with them like a best friend, and that is how they will get the best from my personality. And I, I can't settle, even if I really fancy someone, I'm really attracted to them and think they're interesting, think they're clever, think they're funny. If I can't relax and be completely comfortable around them, it's never going to work. Yeah. And that's not being yeah. picky. You know, I'll probably be beating myself around the head that I can't get that with them because, you know, yeah. they're brilliant, but I'm going to have to move on. Yeah. And I mean, I also think it's really important to not date potential um or like romanticize like a future with somebody like you need to date what's in front of you that's interesting tell me more about that because I am such a romanticizer (laughs) so many so many times I meet up with someone and I'm like they're so great but maybe if they change x y and z or Mm. if a b and c were different then it would like, even with this guy, it was like, well, maybe if he works on these few things, or maybe if he, for example, goes to therapy to work through some of these things, then he'll see that, like, I'm great and we're so great together. And it's like, no, babe, like, he could have gone to therapy yesterday. But, like, he did. <laughs> like I mean, in high, like, hindsight, 20, but, like, I feel like we get into this headspace. I'm a planner. Yeah. Um, and I get into this headspace that's like, well, five years from now, I'm going to be here and they're going to be here. And it's like, you can't think of it that way. Yeah. It's like, do you like the person that's sitting in front of you as they are? And if you don't, that's okay. But don't try to be like, well, I would like them if they change this about themselves. Cause I would hate if someone was looking at me that way. Definitely. Like, oh, except for this little piece of her personality like no that's not love you don't like me fully for me you used your point of like your person needs to be your best friend you need to be comfortable like a friend around them like for me I need someone who is really social and extroverted and is a good conversationalist I have never found it to be easy to date more introverted people yeah uh, to me that feels like something that is a core of who someone yeah, is yeah it's more important the older you're, you become to really like take someone for who they are because it's yeah. probably who they're going to be. <laughs> so you say, you know, you feel that you have an understanding of what you're looking for. You know, certainly in terms of someone who's more outgoing, you, you know the personality type you're after. Do you ever feel that you might shut people who don't think conform to that down prematurely? Um. I feel like I, in my dating life, has have always given someone, like, a second chance. Yeah. If I walk away from a date and I'm, like, kind of iffy on them, I usually am willing to go on a second date. Okay. Like, if, if they are, like, following up and reaching out to hang out again, I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, maybe they need a minute to loosen up. And, yeah. like, I, I usually do that. Like, I don't feel like I very quickly cut that off but I think like if there's red flags on a first date then I'm usually pretty quick to just be like no 
Well, you know what uh, my next question is going to be. What <laughs> are those red flags? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, if I'm, like, really explicit in the U.S., like, if someone voted for Trump, it's a no from me. Yeah. You need to have the same exact, like, political beliefs as me. But There's that's... Plenty uh... For compromise. Um, but, like, I think that, like, there are some fundamental beliefs that if you don't share those with me, I'm not. It's not going to ever work. Yeah, there's no wiggle room. Um, I think that's a really big red flag. Another one which, like, maybe isn't a red flag, but it certainly bothers me a lot, is, like, I have been on so many dates in the last two years of a guy showing up late or... Mm like gym clothes and I'm not talking like cute athleisure set I'm talking like you know basketball shorts no. and I'm just like no like and and then just like I think it's a red flag more of a in a behavioral sense like just not putting in effort into the conversation like I've sat on just so many dates where it's been me really driving the conversation yeah and like I am very extroverted and social by nature and very talkative as a result of that. But like just feeling like it's like pulling teeth to get someone to participate in a conversation. And I, I always follow up with my sister who's also <laughs> single with my other friends. Um, I walk away from these dates and I'm like, no one forced you to be there and you're acting like I did. Like you asked me out or you agreed. <laughs> yeah. No one is forcing you to sit here and talk to me. I walk away being like, man, I think I'm good company, but these people certainly don't want to be there. <laughs> what do you think is, is causing that? Do you think it's because those people feel pressure to be dating? So it's almost like arbitrarily going on these dates and actually not wanting to. I just don't get it. A couple of things. I think one, the pandemic, I think we are underestimating how much the pandemic has hurt our social skills and our like emotional, like, like, I think even when I found myself like reemerging and going to hours and things, I found myself being like, oh my gosh, I have nothing else to talk about, about when I got, other than like when I got COVID and like, what puzzles I did during the pandemic, like, how do I have a conversation? I feel like it's, it's. all like we were all back on like training wheels for a little bit um because we were so like isolated so I think that's a part of it that if you're like not naturally a good conversationalist and like working in your communication skills like dating can be really hard if it's been a while um I found that dates just were like a little bit more stiff yeah and like I'm like a touchy and a flirtatious person oh you need to teach me So just like hands crossed across Mm the lap and you're six feet away from people or in masks or, you know, like, I think that takes away from like the actual fun of dating. So I think that's a big thing. And then one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, the apps have kind of ruined dating culture. Oh, okay. Yes. Tell me. Uh, Apps have ruined dating culture in some ways because we've gotten into this like abundance mindset where we're like on a date with somebody, but then just in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I can literally go home and swipe on another 10 people 
like right when I walked through my door, even if I had a good time, I oh. could just brief by hopping back on Hinge or whatever app and like look at more options. Or like I'm on a date with Bree right now and she's great, but I'm talking to 10 other people on Bumble that I'm actively waiting to set up dates with or have already set up dates with, et cetera. And so I feel like it's just like, we don't give people a chance because we're, well, there's so many other people out there. So I have a couple of views on this. In essence, I think you are 100% correct for the way the, the majority of people think. And I'm about to admit something, which I can't believe I'm about to admit this on this podcast, but I knew for me that I had maybe started desensitizing too much because I was on a date like this is quite a while ago that was going well and he went to the bathroom and you know like you absent-mindedly just go on your phone like Instagram I absent-mindedly opened hinge and I was on a date that was good and I was like what the fuck am I doing like I'm not even interested it's just like opening Instagram and I was like no this app has to go because yeah. this is not, I genuinely like, you know, I'm very much enjoying the conversation I'm having with this person, actually. <laughs> so. so I have relied heavy on the pause button. That is my new. Okay, great. So I, because uh, I just feel like these apps give you the illusion that there's a better option. And I don't know about your experience, but for me, what happens is I'll get like, just for simplicity's sake, like let's say I match with 10 people yep. on an app. You end up actually getting into a conversation with like a handful of them at best. Yeah. And then I end up going on a date with like maybe one or two. And that's like good odds if you go on a date with like 10 to 20% of the people you yep. match with. I always think I just, of... it's probably less, but like, you know, it fizzles out. So the way I usually do it is like, if I'm seeing someone, like if I'm interested in someone, I've gone on a few dates with them, maybe like we've slept together, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of mentally figure out like, am I at the place where I'm actually interested in this person? Um, and sometimes that's after one date and sometimes that's after five. I just pause my apps. I don't completely get off of them because I'm not in a relationship with this yeah. person yet. Like I want to actually like, invest in this person see if I like them and not distract myself by these other like little shiny objects for the most part like meaningless small talk yeah. conversations with other people when I could instead see like if I like this person whom I've like shared some good times with and good conversation with already and like maybe it doesn't work out after a few weeks or months but like you gave it a solid effort and focus I just know that I can't emotionally invest in multiple people at once and Definitely. like kudos and no judgment to people who date many people at once, but I know that I can't. Um, and so I just think that you have to like, I feel like you have to use that tool because the other worst thing is being on the other side of that situation when you're talking to somebody and they're already invested in another person. Like, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And you know, I, I was thinking about this. I'm, I think I'm kind of similar to you. I don't utilize pause as much as I should. I normally delete, which is actually bad because the app eventually figures out you keep redownloading your profile and it defavors you anyway in the yeah. algorithm because you're, it thinks you're trying to cheat. 
Um, <laughs> but so pausing it is good for the algorithm as well. But um, I found that I tend to talk, like, I like to exchange a couple of solid meaty messages. I don't like to talk for ages, but I think there's an optimum time. And the problem I've had is maybe, you know, it's come to a head where I've sort of got to that level with maybe two or three people and then suddenly it's like oh god now I'm at a point where I maybe need to go out with these three people on a date and then I feel overwhelmed and check out and I was like actually that's such a shame because had I just gone with one gone on a date then the next gone on a date then yeah some traction might have happened whereas I've kind of overwhelmed myself I mean I'm saying this like I get loads of matches my conversion rate is low. <laughs> what is my conversion rate? What is my ROI on Hinge? It's not high enough. <laughs> well, I also wonder sometimes if we are conflating people. Like, if you're having, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, a 5 to 6 level conversation with three people, are you, like, giving yourself this impression that, like, they're actually more great than they are because you've got quantity over quality. Like, and you get excited. I just wonder sometimes, like, are we excited about dating because we've got, like, all of these options, but they're, like, kind of lackluster options if we're, like, spreading ourselves this thin? Or would you be more excited if it was just, like, one person that was really great? Which is why I... I don't know. It's my personal approach. I'm not like preaching as if it's the best one. No, but that's what I, we're here to find I, out. I would expect that if I'm dating someone consistently, I would expect them at some point to like make the call that's like, okay, I want to give this person a chance. She's really great. And I, I want to stop like going on these random first dates with other people and see that through. And that's like a better use of my time than seeing what else is out there when yeah. I've got something. Otherwise, like, I don't think you think I'm that great. And one thing I'm quite interested to know your opinion on is how do you value, what's your view on an app connection versus an in real life connection? I mean, I have, I will say the last two like longer term relationships I've been in have been from dating apps. So I okay. don't want fully discredit them um and the ability to use them as a tool to no, find we've all been to a hinge or tinder wedding now <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah no i mean my i have a very good friend getting married in a couple weeks and they met on tinder yeah. like six years ago my very best friend is married to her hinge husband um so you know i it works for people i don't want to knock it too much but i also think that we, it has taken away from people meeting each other in person. Like yeah. I feel like I rarely get approached at bars, whereas, you know, I, this isn't meant as like a cocky statement, but it was certainly more common before apps were a thing. Yeah. Uh, I went to college in New York City, and then I moved to D.C. right when I graduated for work and it was right or it was in 2013 so it was right around the time when everyone was like getting on tinder and coffee meets bagel and yeah. like many many apps that were out at that time and so my first time on dating apps was only after college 
but in college, like when we would go out to bars in the middle of Manhattan, like people would come up to you, you would come up to people. And I do that now. And it's just uncomfortable. It's I'm not uncomfortable with it. It's actually kind of funny because when I do go up to people at bars, they're like, wow, this never happens. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's a bummer because like I'm out with friends at a bar and I think you're cute. So like I want to go up to you and I want that to be like normalized again. Definitely. Lucy on episode three said exactly the same thing and it really struck a chord with me. And she said, you know, when we were college or in our early 20s in London, a big part and a big guaranteed part of a night out was the potential to talk to other people. You know, whether it's guaranteed that you might, you know, be getting knocked back all the time, but it was acceptable to go up Mm -hmm. and talk to people, whereas I do think, to an extent, the apps have removed it being socially acceptable to do that in real life. It's like, actually, I need to engage on the app for this now, rather than go up to someone in real life. Or, like, the funniest thing is when you see people in real life that you've seen on apps. Yes! (laughs) I don't know what is doing to me, but the, you know, the like most compatible feature or like it shows you your first person and like you both are seeing that at the same time. It is always someone that I know. No. It is. Well, I also went to and grew up like only 15 miles from DC. So a lot of like friends I grew up with now work here. Yeah. And so like, I will get like most compatible with like some guy I went to kindergarten like, with. I dated him and, already. Yeah. <laughs> or like my favorite is there's this guy who I work at a, uh, I have two jobs, but like one of my full-time jobs is uh, working at a gym and um there, and I go to this coffee shop that's next to the gym all the time. And I see this guy there probably four days a week. And I have matched with him on a dating app and he's ghosted me. And it's just so awkward because I'm, I'm just like, I, I know you know. I don't know how to use filters. So, like, I look like my pictures. And I, like, see this person multiple times a week. And it's just so funny. And I'm like, do I just go up to them and say, yeah, like, boom. hey, <laughs> You know, or the best is like, I have an amazing story about this, but like the best is when you match with someone after like being in a relationship for a long time. Cause the last time that I was single for an extended amount of time, I was like, I don't know, in my early twenties. And so like there are people that I matched with and went on dates with in my early twenties that I've matched with now in my early thirties. And I'm like, We've all done a lot in the meantime, but it's just so funny. Fancy seeing you here. (laughs) Yeah, like, great, we're still. I've had that. I found someone that I went, like, one of the very, actually, my one and only Tinder date. I then saw him again eight years later on Hinge. I was like, oh, wow, look at us. Well, my, my personal favorite dating app story, that is typically my party story. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm sitting comfortably. <laughs> um, um, that I, anytime, so hopefully I'm good at telling it now. Um, so I, do you all have The League, that dating app? No. It's, um, it's kind of... 
kind of, they act like it's, like, elite. It's not. Everyone oh, gets accepted. Oh, I've seen adverts for it. Is it like Raya? Maybe it's like Raya here in the UK. It, it's, like, kind of like it, but it's, like, not celebrities. Okay. Um, basically, the, like, unpaid version, you get, like, three people a day to match with. You have two weeks to talk with them. Um, they have, like, events and all these things that I've never been to. But yeah. anyway, um, it, it also links to everyone's, like, social media and you have to put where you work on it oh no or like the elite part comes in which i think is just kind of weird um but all of that is pertinent to the story so i like match with this guy on this app and i'm like boggling my mind i'm like how do i recognize this guy he has like a fairly like common white boy name yeah and i'm just like i recognize this guy and then i like go look at his job and i was like oh i've been on a date with this guy um so this was earlier this year like january ish 2022 and um i'm like oh i've been on a date with this guy and i it was back in like late 2015 yeah when i was single and i was like i wonder why i like didn't keep seeing him and so it turns out um, I went on a first date with this guy and it was actually a great first date and I drove home and sent some sort of message that was like, got home safe, you know, yeah. gonna shower up and go to bed type yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and he sent me a dick pic and like unsolicited. <laughs> and, um, and that's why I didn't go on another date with him because I was like, wait, what? what? Like, <laughs> like, you didn't even like kiss Did you mean to night? send that? You didn't, you didn't even snog, no, no snogging, literally just like, whoom, here you go. Yeah, and I was just wow. like, like, is this because I said I was going to take a shower? Like, what is going on? And so <laughs> we didn't go on another date. That was late 2015. And then I listened to one of your other interviews about trying to find somebody who's gotten... Um, a dick boomerang. Dick boomerang. <gasps> and I can one-up this, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> I don't want to dial in Lucy. (laughs) So I'm out with friends. It's like February of 2016. Got really lucky. I had a group of five girlfriends that we were all single. And we also happened to live on the same block. And so we would go out all the time. And so we went out for Valentine's Day. And we're like having, went to a nice dinner and then staying to like some bars like in our neighborhood. And, um, we, you know, where drinks were flowing and we were like, let's like get some guys to come meet us out. And we're all on apps at the time, kind of just like mingling and being single. So we're like, let's just text a bunch of random people to come meet us here and like see what happens yeah. in our evening. So um, between the five of us, you know, we're like going to like old Tinder dates and current flings and like whatever. Um, Hang on, I'm just going to put, you're, you're working all of these men to get them all into one room together. That's bold, but like, okay, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a really fun night. But uh, so, the, so we do that and this guy is like on the list. And uh, you know that thing where you like just go through your contacts yeah. and you come out. Anyway, um, so his name starts with a B. So he was like pretty high on the list. Yeah. And, um, I'm like texting him to come out and he was out with his group of friends and I was like, bring him out. 
Um, but they were at, they were out in like a different area of the city and we were like, no, that's not what we're doing. Like, we're not bringing our friends somewhere. Like you can bring your friends yeah. here and he, kind of just like a less fun area and a less fun bar. Um, and so I was like, nope, like you guys can come here. I'm not going anywhere. And he was like, you're missing out. I was like, no, I'm not like <laughs> whatever. And he sends me a dick video. Uh. And it's basically like, this is what you're missing out on. And uh, I <laughs> was, because again, not something I asked for. I, like, I guess in the context of the conversation, it kind of fit, but like. I mean, it's, it's really ramping it up, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's really taking it to like a really different turn. And um, so he, he does not come out meet up with us I never hear from this person again and then you know flash forward to earlier this year I'm messaging with this guy on the league and I decided to tell him I was like oh I remember why I recognize you and (laughs) (laughs) you sent me an unsolicited dick pic and an unsolicited dick video a few months later (laughs) and he was like when was this? And I like tell him and he was like, yeah, that sounds like something I would have done just given the timeline. So he like confirms. Um, I love it's like the timeline, like he's in, in this <laughs> true crime. <laughs> like 99% sure. Cause like, fortunately that doesn't happen to me too often. Um, and so I was like, no, I remember. Um, <laughs> And so he was like, do you want to go on a date or no? Like, I wouldn't blame you if you did it. And I jokingly was like, you know what? It's been a while. If nothing else, this is a funny story. Let's go on a date. Yeah. Uh, so we exchanged numbers, which I already had his phone number. Um, oh, no, you didn't open up the messages and it goes straight back to 2016. Like- <laughs> uh, yes and no. <laughs> um but I already have his number, so he texts me, and I'm like, oh, hey, whatever. And there's, like, a few days between when we exchange phone numbers and when we're planning to meet up for a drink. And in the meantime, I'm out at a concert with friends, um, and <laughs> I'm telling them the story. I'm like, oh, I have, like, a date later this week with this guy. Here's the backstory. It's I'm hoping it's actually a really fun date. And they're like... So, like, have you confirmed that it's for sure him? And I was like, well, like, not for sure. Um, So then I go back, and it turns out I actually have the photo and the video still. And and so we end up having a fun night, and I text him. You sent him an unsolicited dick pic of his dick. (laughs) Have you seen this man? I... Just said this you <laughs> <laughs> who this <laughs> and, yep definitely is and uh we go on this date and so this story as exciting as this story is it does not have an exciting ending like we go on this date and he's actually just really dull and oh. but so yeah. that's why he has to lean on the dick move yeah like we went on this date and he was like kind of dull really serious and I was like trying to like make jokes and be flirtatious and stuff but like just kind of wasn't working with me I think he was really embarrassed 
Um, but you know, it, it's a, it's a time that I guess haunts him for years, but, um, that's probably the funniest thing that's ever happened. I cannot believe, I love, I love it that you send it back to him. (laughs) I mean, it's really embarrassing if it weren't him. (laughs) Because I think the first thing was like, yeah, that's me. And then it was like, why do you still have this? And I was like, oh, I just generally... I never delete phone numbers or pictures, and that's kind of on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it in my archive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that, like, a good way to know if someone's going to do that is if they're still on Snapchat, which I just have, like, oh, no. I think, like, men in their 30s still messaging people on Snapchat is kind of gross. Like. <laughs> think that like if your primary form of communication is something that disappears then like yes. you're doing thing you shouldn't be doing or like you're hiding it from somebody mm. uh, like I think that snapchat can be fun I don't have it anymore but like when when guys like try to communicate you with you on that or if they're like what's your snap and they're like 40 years old I'm like what do no. you what do you what's my snap like I wouldn't even know what like, that was if someone said that to me. But, like, if you're 40, isn't, like, writing letters a closer form of communication <laughs> to Snapchat. your <laughs> Why are you on Snapchat, old man? Like- <laughs> also, do you ever get people asked to mess to convert you from the app to Instagram? Or you- I've never had this. I have seen that, like, I feel like there are people who, for example, like, don't respond to your texts, mm-hmm. but will, like, do on Instagram. I had one guy who was that way, too, and I kept asking myself, it. like, are you in a relationship with somebody? Like, why are you unable to text, but you're able to, to like, Insta. send me messages on Instagram and hide that? Like, it doesn't feel like that's any more secure, like... If you have a significant other and they get a hold of your phone and see that you're like texting someone, it's just as bad as if they get your phone and yeah. you're sending them Instagram. So like one to me is no more convenient than the other unless you're like sending each other memes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, do, I don't get it. I mean, again, I haven't had much experience of it, but I will pretty much never match with someone who puts an Insta handle because it's like, what are you here for? I don't know, like followers? I'm not sure. Maybe I, I need a few more followers. Maybe I should put it on. I thought about this a lot because I feel like it's more and more common to see people's Instagram handles. And yeah. I'm, I asked myself, like, are you saying, like, go look at my Instagram to go look at, like, more pictures of me because, like, there's a limit in how many you can post yeah, in the same. app? And the apps, like, you know, have the prompts and all the things that are, like, a little bit restrictive of how much you can show about mm-hmm. yourself. Um. So, like, sometimes I'll go to someone's Instagram to be, like, oh, well, like, maybe they're more interesting than this app yeah. profile. But it's always weird to me when they have, like, a private Instagram yeah. and then post their their uh, handle. Because I'm, like, well, then I have to add you. I do. That and, is weird. Like, you're a stranger. I'll never add in someone. Um, and I think, I wonder, too, if part of it is, people thinking that it's a way to get around the algorithm because if you don't pay for the apps like it doesn't show you all of your matches at once yeah, so I, 
sometimes if it's people just being like, if you're interested, find me on Instagram because maybe the app will take a few days to, to show, show me up. Ever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I'm not ashamed of it. I've like slid into a few people's DMs. <gasps> Have you tell me about this because I wonder about this because I'm like, could I do it? Like, I see a fit person on Instagram and I'm like, should I just message them? Like, do I just say, hey, how are you? I look, <laughs> like, the two times I've done it have been successful. So, this is 100%. This is better ROI than Hinge. Come on, tell me more. The worst thing that can happen. <laughs> I always just assume that the only people on Instagram are like celebrities who I would never. I mean, I've tried to find Matthew Gray Goobler. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's Dr. Reed in Criminal Minds. He's my ride or die. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I think the new thing is it's a way of seeing who among your friends have single friends. Mm -hmm. I've seen friends, like, go on trips with other people, and I've been like, oh, that's a cute guy that, like, you know, Andy is hiking with. I wonder what his deal is. Or, like... You know, looking at like a picture of a friend like at the gym, and I'm like, oh, like who are these cute people mm. that you're working out with? Like, I don't know, no better than like swiping on random profiles on a dating app. So I'm like, eh, whatever. Let's see what happens. Also, we would have done that when we were younger, like on Facebook. You would have had a look, and everyone was being tagged and things on Facebook. You're like, yeah. oh, who are these people? Who are these people? Do you know what? I think that's quite smart. I probably don't utilise it enough. But my Instagram feed is basically Cocker Spaniel puppies and babies. (laughs) Mine's like all, mine's all memes at this point. (laughs) I guess my final question is always, how do you beat your single Sunday blues? Um, well, I always work out on Sundays. Great way to do it. It makes me feel very productive. Mm-hmm. I do nothing. Getting in a good workout helps. Um, and I have a, I've been going to the same gym for eight years. So wow. a lot at the same place where I spend a lot of time for work. And so um, that's also just like a social activity for me. I don't know. Sunday's just like when I take care of myself. And, you know, sometimes I'll go on a date on a Sunday afternoon I don't really get the Sunday scaries. That's uh, I'll do like an hour or two of work on Sunday to just like make my week go smoother. Um, catch up on TV or music. I make a lot of playlists. So Sundays I'm usually making some playlists and listening oh, to me planning out my week of food and like I order all my groceries so like things like that um productive I love this it's like nailing life on a Sunday (laughs) it's way more productive I feel like I feel like Saturday is the day where I want to have like a lot of fun yeah (laughs) on Fridays after a long work week I'm kind of like 50 50 on if I want to like go be social or if I just want to kind of veg out and be by myself but Saturday I want to like be mixing and mingling and like living my best life. Oh, I love that. No, I'm I'm actually much the same. I love a Saturday Sunday. I I have quite a protective bubble over my Sundays now. Oh, amazing! Oh, thank you so much for like talking to me. I'm dialing in. <laughs> I loved it. it was brilliant.
Well, if you have any other questions, feel free to follow up. Oh, I, I will. <laughs> I'm excited. Yay. Bye. 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 <laughs>